Hello everyone. Thank you for joining us again. We're back with my amazing women behind the amazing, but this time we are turning the tables and I'm joined by the very, very lovely writer, voice talent, editor, bon viveur, gentleman, James Taylor. <laughs> I almost didn't recognize myself. <laughs> How are right. you this, today? this is weird. I, I, I'm great, but this is weird for me because uh, throughout my radio career, well, it's, it's, it's not the loss of control because I, I, I live in a house of women. I have no control. Um, but I'm usually in the roles when I am talking on a microphone, I am in some sort of host or producer setting where I, I kind of set the flow. And yeah. it, it's very un, unusual for me to be the one having the flow set. So, but at any rate, I, I, I won't bogart the um, uh, beginning. Go ahead. Uh, well, fire away. What would you like you. to know? What would I like to know? What did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, I didn't. Uh, I have this very bad habit of not eating breakfast. I usually eat breakfast once a week, and that's usually on Sunday. And that usually <laughs> consists of Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. But... Oh, very sweet. <laughs> Yes, they say well, you are what you eat, and so oh. I eat a lot of turkey, and I eat a lot of ham, because <laughs> so I am a <laughs> turkey, and I am a ham, yes. Well, going back to Amazing Woman, I know in right. one of our discussions that we've had before, you mentioned to me that you sort of came up with the idea when you was on a road trip with friend of the show, Ken. Right. Uh, Dr. Calculus, Ken Halloran, uh, and I, uh, I'll give you the very long version of the story, and that'll show up some time. Uh <laughs> He and I were talking in the either fall or winter, or, or, or early winter, of 2020 uh, about how I was starting to get up there in years and I needed to start doing some of the things on my bucket list before the bucket tipped over. <laughs> and I had mentioned to him that one of the things that I had always wanted to do was not just specifically drive out west and see the western United States because um, I had only been past the Mississippi. Well, technically that's not true because I was in Iowa, but I'd only been <laughs> I had only been way past the Mississippi River once on a trip to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, with my then fiance. Um, and other than the trips to Iowa with my current girlfriend, uh, I really hadn't crossed the Mississippi River much in my life. Uh, so I wanted to go out and see see the see the Western United States. But beyond that, specifically, uh, something that I wanted to do was travel along Route 66, and not necessarily the historic Route 66, because even though I'm as old as dirt, I'm not old enough where that was a big thing other than, you know, we were aware that it existed, yeah. but I like jazz and I am a very big fan of the song route 66, especially as performed by the Manhattan transfer. And so I wanted to go through and take pictures and, and, and stop at every so place mentioned in the song. Yeah, and for those of you not familiar with the song, I won't try to sing because my voice is a little strained. Uh, but the song lyrics go, you go through St. Louis, meaning St. Louis, Joplin, Missouri, Oklahoma City looks mighty pretty, etc. There's a whole list of uh, places in America along Route 66. And the way that the interstate highway system has developed, 
there is basically two highways that pretty much when you go on the actual interstate, you follow along through those towns. And when I told him about it, uh, he said, you know, that sounds interesting. And my company kind of forces me to take a week vacation every month because everything was down because of, of COVID. And so he said, if you do it on one of the weeks that I have to take off, I'll join you. And it's like, hey, two drivers are better than one. <laughs> and he lives very close to Chicago, which is the uh, eastern terminus of Route 66, the western being Los Angeles. So I flew up there and we left from Chicago and we wound to L.A., as the song says. Well, while we were on that trip, uh, I told him about an idea I had to do an audio play. Uh, see, I, and you for that matter, did some audio play work for Timewell Electronic Recording Productions, mm. uh, which we lovingly call twerp, because that's what it spells. Oh, lovely twerps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, that is... Uh, through Ken and through that both is how I met you. Yes. And so um, he and I talk audio uh, production all the time. And so he was natural someone to talk about that as we were on the trip. Actually, we talked about everything. Um, I am still vocally recovering from that trip. We <laughs> talked ourselves hoarse on that trip um, because we drove for eight to 10 hours a day and wow. we pretty much did not shut up the entire time except for uh, the last day back to Illinois from uh, Nebraska on our way back, because we went back a different way than we came, uh, just because we had we both had no voice left. It was it was rather <laughs> rather bizarre. So I told him about it, and I asked him if that was something he would be interested. In. I told him the basic idea of what you have if you've listened to the show actually her, and he said, "Yeah, that sounds interesting." And at for twerp. The only things that I did is I did some I did some voice acting, but what I did primarily for Twerp was write, and I wrote uh, a different series based on a different set of characters for them, uh, and they they recorded it and produced it, and it was it was pretty nice. And then I did some uh, production in conjunction with you on their Green Hornet mm, fan yes. series, and but I I didn't do a whole lot of voice acting. My act, voice acting actually came with a different production. Uh, uh, a fan production of Babylon 5 and um, you can find it out there. I believe it's called Novo Babylonia but at any rate uh, I digress. I, I, I take flights of fancy and tangents like you'd never believe <laughs> but at any rate um, so I had done that with, with them and, I, and that was the position the only position I was really looking to angle to do was to write these stories and have Twerp produce them. That's really I was just wanting to write I didn't even I didn't even want to be the narrator I just wanted to write these and get these down and so I, I told Ken about it and he thought it was a good idea and he liked the basic idea of, of the the plot and the, and the setup and so we called while we're on the road driving from place to place in a pandemic wearing masks <laughs> we called <laughs> yes traveling during a pandemic not necessarily the <laughs> the, the brightest idea in the world but uh, as the whole point is that I'm not getting any younger and I wanted to get, get that done while I could still do it because, you know, driving for eight hours a day when you're 80 is not that easy. So, so while we're on the road doing that insanity, uh, we decided to go ahead and call Jim who 
was kind of the point man on Twerp's production arm mm. and asked him if he would be interested. And he said he thought he'd be interested and um, uh, to send him the script once there was an actual script. And I said, cool. And then I said, oh, my Lord, I have to write a script. So... <laughs> So uh, once we got back from from that trip and I and I flew back to North Carolina, I sat down and I wrote what is now uh, episode one, and I got all excited. They're going to do this, and it's going to be terrific. Yeah. And I send it to Jim, and Jim says, "You know, it's terrific, but I am way too busy to do this. Sorry, pal." Yeah. Um, and so it's like. What do I do? And so I was just going to consign it on the pile of things that I thought were good ideas that I never did anything about. And really, I really, I was really just going to put it there. And, you know, Ken was like, well, are you going to do anything with it? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And then I saw a video by Brene Brown. And she told a story about her daughter and a swim meet. And I'm going to try and give you the Cliff Notes version of it. But her daughter is like a competitive swimmer in, I believe it was high school. And there was a distance race that had to be swam or swum or whatever the correct word is. Uh, I speak American, so I get things wrong. All right. And swum. Her swimming coach. I don't don't know. I would have said the right one if I knew. So uh, I, uh, so anyhow, she, her coach came to her and said, we need somebody to swim this incredibly lengthy race. It was like the last race. And it's kind of like not the marathon of, uh, of, of swimming races, but you know, kind of like the thousand meters, if there is such a thing as a thousand meters, but Anyhow, it was the longest of a competitive swimming meet, and they had nobody to swim the race for their team. So he asked her to swim that race, and her daughter said to her mom, "I've never trained for the distance. That's going to be hard. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to be able to do it. I don't want to do it." And her mom told her, "There is value in trying, even if you don't succeed." Yes. Yeah, definitely. And so her daughter went out and swam that race. And her daughter didn't just finish in last place. Her daughter finished in like double second last place. <laughs> like she was she was last again. Everybody else was like, you know, getting into their cars and, dr- and driving home. It was that bad. Um, but when she got out of the pool, instead of being discouraged and despondent because, you know, she had quote failed and quote mm-hmm. miserably she was very excited and charged and energized because she met the challenge yeah. now she did not conquer the challenge but she met the challenge mm. and and again the, the thing that i took from is there is value in attempting even if you don't succeed Definitely. and inspired by that i said eh, whatever <laughs> and so i went from wanting to write this thing to starting a production company, Hey Daddy O Audio, uh, and then quickly realizing that you can't just start a production company and not actually have people doing things. And I and I couldn't do everything. And so I, I first drew uh, Mark Bauer in, a guy I've, been, I've known for close to 40 years now, 
uh, he had done a lot of theater and had done some directing and I thought would be able to give voice actors better direction than I don't like that. Do it again, which is about all I can, <laughs> I, I can, I can do for you. So I brought him to do, in to do that. And then after we put together a cast, I realized that if I was going to put the show together, I couldn't literally put everything together because the show would, ne- you know, would have gotten done about six years from now. Yeah. And then I remembered our experience on the Green Hornet thing, where you had hmm. done all the dialogue and the pacing of the dialogue, and then hmm. I put the sound effects in and and dropped the music in and created the um, uh, final mix. And I said, you know, that structure could work. Yeah. But in order for it to work, I needed Nicole. And you <laughs> auditioned as an actor. Yes. And yeah, you cracked Mark and I up, and you eventually gone on, went on to do the commercials with me, but that, or the adverts, as you might say. But uh, that's a different thing. But as we were doing it, it's I it's like, you know, she can do this, and she can actually do it better than you. <laughs> and so I asked you if you'd be willing. Look, well, I mean, what, I, when I you, came you get in, further was... in life if you know your actual talents and limitation, and you yes. recognize other people's talents and limitation. Yeah. And I'm not trying to butter you up, although if it does do that, it works works well in that regard too. <laughs> um, you're better at it than I am. You you just are. And so it's like she's better at it than I am, and I can take one of these 57 hats off yeah and yeah. i brought you in to do that and well when i came in i, I said in, i want to be involved in any compa- capacity you have I right that, you, that was part of your it, audition when, too. yeah whether it's voice acting or behind the scenes there was also a lot of use of the word rubbish in your in your audition as well oh god it was awful. <laughs> absolute dross <laughs> <laughs> but you know it got me in I'm, right. I'm still talking on on um, my amazing woman, and here I am being an interview. Uh, interview. Yes, you are, you you are. I believe the British word is presenter. You are the I presenter. Am the presenter. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and I I I brought you on, and you had said in in our conversations, I think in our text conversations before you did your audition, that you wanted to get back into doing audio because yes. you had stepped between yeah. your health and, and your child, you kind of stepped mm. away from it a little bit. Yeah, so. I was I was ill for a while, not not to sort of go back to me because you've already done me, but I was <laughs> ill for a while and then I kind of got better and I got back and I, I actually stopped working for a few years because I was so mm-hmm. unwell. Um, I had chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, I kind of got better. I got back into work. I met my husband. We got married. We had a child who's now three and it kind of felt like the right time to, I, I've actually had like ideas of, of my own of things I want to do to do with voice acting and my husband's always encouraged me to to get back into it and then James pops up out of nowhere and says hey look I've written a script and yeah you want to audition for it because we may not have enough people (laughs) yes basically (laughs) (laughs) well no look one of the things that 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 has always been a a, a problem for me is that I have this tendency to tell the truth. And that was the truth. (laughs) When I approached you, I wasn't even sure we were going to have enough people to audition. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was funny. I really need you to audition. There's not going to be enough people. (laughs) And then I didn't cast you and that became actually the the source of great, great humor. But, um, but, but, but you see though, but you see all of that. And, and I, and I'm a religious man. So I believe in like, like, destiny and patterns and things all of that was to 
get you back in my eyeball so that when I knew that I needed somebody to do the dialogue and it couldn't be me, I immediately remembered it had to be you. It had to be you. Wait, no. You know, I told somebody that, you know, the, the, the way that we are in those commercials is, you know, writing. But yeah. maybe it's not quite as much writing as I thought. I, I, th- I think I think we actually changed a lot of the wording, didn't we? Because we just started chatting. And <laughs> so, actually, let's make this different. <laughs> well, certainly we did. We did. We did. Even though, even though I had a, a a fairly tight script on some of those, we did a lot of like naturalizing. Yeah. To yeah. make it sound like you know we were actually. I think it sounds better when it when, saying when stuff. it's natural. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think but especially it, it, when we was doing that thing when, when I stopped pretending to be Dr. Nick. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I thought that sounded funny because it sounded natural because you were sort of giggling as well in the background. And yeah, I really liked that. Your lawsuit. Yeah. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at any rate, um, uh, so that's how we got, we got to, to this point. And, 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 um, you know, I'm still wearing lots of hats, but mm. we we went from an idea that I was tossing around with Ken in a car to a, an actual real company, and I have the articles yeah. for to to file to make the company name actually a, a legally searchable name here in the United wow. States. Uh, we've got a show on. We're on mm. pretty much all the major podcast sources. Uh, we have a crew, and thanks to the benevolence of some very kind people, the crew has actually gotten paid. Um, you know, uh, that, and, and that's, I want to talk a little bit about that just because, you know, you know, I've said it a thousand times to you guys. I, I kind of want to have it on the record for infinity here on this uh, podcast. Um, I really do appreciate that all of you initially came on with no guarantees of getting a dime. And, Everybody that in the cast was professional and was brilliant and did a fantastic job as if they had been being paid in diamonds and rubies. And we lucked out and got some funding and I was able to actually pay people. And I really appreciate the fact that you that you turned in the quality of work that you turned in without any idea that I was going. I thought that I'd be able to get funding. I thought I'd be able to pay you. There was no guarantee that that was going to happen. And it was a lovely, lovely surprise. It really, it really yeah. was. And so uh, I, I want to thank you guys for, for taking a chance on me. And if I may speak directly now to our, our, our audience. No. Please. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Right, so please reward all of these hardworking actors and crew by, you know, continuing to listen when we finally get episode two done and episode three and hopefully all the other episodes that I have to write. And now I'm thinking about all I have to do. I'm getting yeah. frightened again, but please continue to come back and listen and, and, and excuse us for not having a stockpile of episodes ready. This is not some conglomerate, some corporation operation here. Mm. This is, a guy and his friends and his new friends uh, going from an idea into something that could be something really fantastic. And even if it's just, 
you know, we do these few things and, and we're lost in the sands of time. This has still been an awesome experience, and I have you and the others to thank for it. So, so thank you. Thank you, James. Um, so well, what else would you like to know? I would like to know about your background, because you've been doing voice acting and um, radio hosting, haven't you, for years? So right. I kind of um, like to know where, where that all started. All right. Well, where radio started for me, really honestly and truly, was going to the library and taking out records uh, of the old time radio shows like The Green Hornet and The Lone Ranger and Superman and all those things that my dad listened to on the radio when the radio was the television. And I, I listened to all those and I thought, man, that would be so cool to do. And so I w tried, I not tried, I went into radio and radio was cool. But by the time that I went into radio, radio is radio the way that it is now where you play music and you, and you, and you sell ads and that's about it. Nobody yeah. was doing audio drama because, you know, why do an audio drama when you can do a television drama? Mm. So, but, uh, but I did radio for many, many years after I graduated from college and then... I decided at one point that I would rather eat than work in radio. So I, <laughs> I got a job that actually paid money and I eventually ended up in the profession that I'm in, in my day job. But one of the things about doing even radio where you're an announcer or, or a reporter is it, it kind of gets in your blood and, and even when you're not doing it, you miss it. And, and I, I yeah, did miss definitely. getting in front of a mic and, and doing my thing. So I then went, even though I'm still doing my day job, even now, I then went to doing a sports podcast. I'm a very, I'm a fan of all the um, professional sports teams in the greater Cleveland area. Cause I'm originally from Ohio. And so I do a, I, I still do in fact, a sports podcast about those teams. And that kind of scratched the itch a little bit, but again, that sports talk is still like, current radio and it's not radio drama and that's what I really honestly when I first started thinking about even being a radio and all fell in love with and then the podcast revolution came along and people were listening for entertainment uh, a lot of people for instance have commutes and you can pop a podcast in and you can listen to someone <laughs> talk now a lot of podcasts are about current events and, and sports and, and, and politics and whatnot and you can listen to that but you can also listen to audio dramas on mm. your way into work. And so that sort of has created a, a, a renaissance for audio drama. Yeah. And w at one point while I was working, you know, because you, you, you can't really watch a show while you're working because you need your eyeballs to, to work on your job mm. uh, unless you're, you know, the world's greatest slacker, which I, well, I'm, I'm not. Hopefully I'll be retired and then I can be the world's greatest slacker. But, um, <laughs> At some point, I do want to retire. Some sometime before, I do want to retire before I die. I don't want a production company. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, well, I, I can retire and do that, so that I wouldn't <laughs> be retired. I, I could be like my old man. My old my my father retired from his job that he had when I was in high school, and then in his retirement, worked as a crossing guard long enough to retire from being a crossing guard. Aww. So. <laughs> So I'm, I, I imagine I'll be like my old man when I stop working at what I'm calling the day job. I'll just be doing this. Do you know time. what we call them in England? What do you call them? Uh, a lollipop man or a lollipop lady. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm, because I'm of the sign? not joking. Yeah, because the sign looks like a lollipop. 
the lollipop man. I'll have to tell my dad that. Uh, yeah. I am very fortunate. I can fortunate. just imagine him dressed as one. I bet he looks so cute. <laughs> <laughs> my dad turned 92 in 2021, and he's still with us. Uh, my mom ha- has gone on, but my dad is still with us, and I w- will be more than glad to tell him about it. Um, I don't know that he's heard the show. Because my family is very peculiar about this aspect of me. I was I did radio for many years, and I've done other creative endeavors, and I can get many of my friends to listen to them, and I can get uh, many of their friends and their family to listen to them. But my family kind of like, yeah, it, I didn't think it was funny. No. <laughs> well, it, Maybe it's a humor thing. Well, it, it it's just... It's just the way that my family is. Um, my mother, you know, I, 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 as I reminded my mother, I got paid to write jokes for uh, commercial radio. I, I did that uh, when I was in the Cleveland market. And um, my mother used to always say, you know, there's really not anything you've ever done that I've found funny. You know, nice to have your mom supporting you like that. Yeah. But, but, but I, but, you know. It, I eventually just had to chalk it up to the fact that she and I had different senses of humor because mm. other people actually found what I did funny. And uh, I think that uh, the majority of our audience here for My Amazing Woman finds the show amusing. Uh, I, I sincerely hope so. Otherwise, I'm wondering why you're listening. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, so, yeah, that is that is one regret in my whole whole career is that my mom really didn't enjoy me. Well, she didn't enjoy your writing. She didn't enjoy me either. She, no, no, no. She, uh, my mom and I actually got along dark. famously, but <laughs> she just didn't think I was funny. And you know, yeah. you know, that's fine. I think that's a parent thing. It I may really be. Do. It may be. It might have been if some complete total stranger said the same thing or wrote the same joke or did the same show that I did that she would have found it hysterical. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna live with that. Thank you for that one. That's okay. <laughs> All righty. Well, we've actually been at this uh, for say, quite a long time. But maybe we should stop here. Well, and I'll right, save them well, for another time. Well, cool. all right, that that's fine. But thank you. It's been an interesting experience being on the other end of the um uh, the interview shoot. Uh, the next time that we do this, though, I'll I'll be back on the um uh, the front side talking to somebody yes. else. If I can get somebody else to um, talk, I. Mm. Not sure who that's going to be yet. Who's going to be next? Well, that's just it. I don't know. Um, If nothing else, um, uh, I'll just come back and have you do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I could always pretend to be each person. That'd be interesting. (laughs) I I was was about to start trying to do an impression of Ken. (laughs) No, don't do that. Uh, I, I, I don't know your good. vocal cords can, can reach quite down that far. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I sort of felt myself trying to place my my, my voice. And I, no, don't, just don't no, attempt d- it. Don't, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you. And this is, I guess, the part, uh, since, you, since you're relatively new to presenting, where you tell everybody, uh, thanks, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Was that okay? <laughs> or Bravo. should I do it very, very seriously? No, 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 no. no Thank you that, for listening, that's good. and we shall see you next time on <laughs> My Amazing Woman Behind the Amazing. <laughs> there you go, you got tea. You can try that. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.